Welcome, everybody, to the End Off the Bench podcast. My name is Jim Cross. Daniel Ball and Randy Jarvis have the night off, but that's okay because I'm joined by Mr. Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic podcast. And this is episode 24 titled Duval's Finest. And it is titled that because we have on two baseball studs from Jacksonville University, Christian Copel and Michael Hicks. Let's not waste any more time and jump into the biggest interview in podcasting this week. Christian, Michael, welcome to the show. Christian, how are we doing tonight? Doing well. How about you? Uh, not too bad. How about you, Michael? Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having us. Uh, no doubt. Well, Christian, I got to start with you, man. We always start with some icebreakers. And, uh, man, I was looking through your photos, and I saw photos with you and uh, Scotty DeBrule. And, you know, I live just down the road from Starkville, go to the Mississippi State games, watched them all the way through Omaha, was even there last year. Um, one of the most professional hitters I've ever seen. You know, what was it like playing with Scotty, and how happy were you to see him win a national championship? Scotty DeBrule. Um, let me tell you something about Scotty. Scotty is probably the most, like, sane person I've ever met like on the field, off the field, like overall in general. Great friend. Like I could literally call him right now if I wanted to and he'll answer me. Um, Scotty on the field, like he was, he had like a, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's really hard to like describe the type of player he was. But like to me, like he, like he was like so, like he was like old school in a way where he was so like simple with Mm -hmm. everything he did. Yeah, because if you bring up, like, Mississippi State, like, when you look at averages and you look at the hitters that they had last year, people always talked about Rowdy Jordan and Tanner Allen, but DeBrule actually had the average and was was the guy who got on base. But because he wasn't flashy like the other two, people – he kind of went under the radar to what you're talking about. Right. Like, he he is so simple. And that's where I think – like, growing up with him here in Jacksonville – like he just grew to be that type of player. Like he wasn't flashy. Like he made he made routine look routine. And there were times where like flashy plays, like if you remember, there was like a backhand play he had like up the middle. Like he made that look routine as well. And as a hitter, he's just so simple. He just throws his hands to the ball. Like he like it's ridiculous to say like how much contact he made within like the time that I played with him. Like he, like he rarely ever struck out. Everything was in play. Like there, like there's no mistakes from him, like as a hitter or as a fielder, really. Yeah, that's what's up. And I, and I had to start there because, man, when I, I like scrolling through the pictures and you know, I was going through your journey and I seen that and it was one of those things that I didn't even think about because you know, watching him at state, I knew that he came from Ju, but I didn't even think about the fact that you know, y'all would have played together. Um, you know, going through yours, Michael, going through your IG, man, what I seen was you dressed in your Steelers gear. And my question for you is, man, how does it know to know that you're going to get owned for the next decade by Joey B, a.k.a. Joey Cool, a.k.a. Joey Shiesty? I could go all day. Like, yeah, how are we yeah. feeling knowing that the Bengals are fixing to run your division yeah. for, for that, 10 that's years? Gonna be a, that's going to be a tough one to swallow, you know. Just growing up, we'd always just beat their doors in, you know. It was an automatic dub. But now, I mean, I, I mess with Joe, though. Joe's nice. I mean – He's good, so at least it's not like some some Joe Schmo or some dude who 
it's not really good like Joe Flacco or someone like that. Like at least it's Joe, you know. That man took a shot at Joe Flacco. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> wow, the Italian stallion, Mike. We're not rocking with him. That's insane nah. to me. That's He's you know clown. what. You know what, Mike. I hope Trubisky is as good as to you as he was to me, and that's. I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave <laughs> oh, it. At that. But Christian, for you, Give me a step for, above that. Maybe a little step above. I think Matt Nagy right. not being there is going to be a good, you know, a good switch. Uh, but we'll see four games. It's in. a good thing this is a baseball episode because nobody wants to talk about your Bears, Mike. Oh, uh, <laughs> dude, even when we're talking about football, no one wants to talk about my Bears. Like, that's just that's just how it is. But, Christian, I do want to talk to you, you know, for the listeners who may not be familiar with you or people who have been watching you for a long time but may not know the true you, um, to talk about your beginnings and just where you're from. Um, and kind of the dynamic of, of, of your family life, siblings, whatever you have going on. Like, can you talk about your childhood? Yeah. Um, so I'm from Miami. I'm born and raised from Miami, Florida. Um, with my family, like we're, we're a small family. Um, like there's a couple of us still in Cuba since um, I'm Cuban descent. Um, it's, it was a, it was a good time growing up down there in Miami. I mean, like it's like it's all brand new. Like there's always nice little places to play. Like there's a lot of talent growing up, and really like it was just I would I would I don't even know how to explain. Like it's like I feel like it's so different from like hearing everybody else's story growing up because like I'll hear people's stories growing up, and I'm like, wow, like like I didn't experience that at all. Like like you know like there's stuff in Miami that like like you can't like really explain how like you went through it but you did but um with my family um there is i have an older brother he's right now in california he's in an independent league um i grew up with him i played with him my whole life like he would play a year above so i'll be playing two years above practically you know like in travel ball like that like eight and under stage like throughout like practically to like i got to high school um but it was a blessing playing with him because, like, it was always fun. Like, we would always compete for the Triple Crown, believe it or not, like, in every single, like, season we had or whatever. Like, you know, like, you know, like those little seasons. Um, but we both grew up in an academy. Um, it's called International Baseball. And, like, that's where we really learned, like, the fundamentals of the game. And then we grew into travel ball because my dad wanted us to experience, like, high, higher competition. And once we got into high school, like, that was about it. Like, we, we still traveled everywhere we needed to go, but we didn't really, like, jump into summer ball teams. We stayed right. loyal to our programs. Right. So, I'm hearing there's a lot of competition between the two. So, for you, you know, whether it be mom or dad or the brother, between all of you guys, who is the best athlete in your unbiased opinion? Me? There's 100%. no question. <laughs> no, no question. No question, no. <laughs> I could call my brother up right now. And he'll tell me the same thing. Like it's not even, it's not even close. I love hey, him. But if you want to call him up, you can. Yeah, by all means, call him up. But look, look, Mike, it's admirable any athlete that comes on here and says they're sibling. But bro, it would never be any answer but me if it's me being asked question. Even if I don't believe it, that's what I'm saying. Oh, 100 percent, But Christian, for you, obviously, um, you know, me being from Chicago, we're in the house for eight months out of the year. Being in Miami you know, was, was baseball your only sport or were you playing football year round, basketball outside? What, what were you up to? So my dad, he's quite, he's quite a man. Um, Michael knows about it. <laughs> um, he, so he made us 
play all the sports. Like he didn't force us into the game. Um, specifically with me, like he he put me in football only, not my brother, because at the time he was too big to play in his age group. Um, so growing up playing football, it was super fun. Like I really wanted to be a dual sport athlete, but my dad told me I had to pick one because he didn't want to see he didn't want me to see me go down so early. Like my body like deteriorate practically because right. like it's like it's a lot. Like like I started playing football when I was like six or seven. And he told me he's like, Yeah, hey, you gotta pick one. Cause like there's like a lot of money behind it too and all that stuff. And I was yeah, like, I'll sure. baseball. Cause like my my family, like I'm like the third or fourth generation playing baseball in my family so like I'm like I have to I have to keep playing like it's not for me like it's for my family for sure for sure and there's a lot of studs coming out of Miami at a young age especially for you uh being a Cubs fan can't relate but for you your favorite athlete growing up you know if, if you could pick one it doesn't have to just be baseball who would you have to say whether it's in Miami or not that's tough because I, I have one for like each let's hear them yeah, you you can you can go down the whole list. So baseball, believe it or not, it was Jacoby Ellsbury growing up. Mm. When he was in my favorite team's the Red Sox. So when he joined as a rookie, like I just fell in love with him. Right. Like in that 2008, 2007, 2008 era. Um basketball, Mammy He, Dwayne Wade, there's no question about it. That's it. That's an easy one right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Tell him. And Believe it or not, my favorite football player growing up to see, like to watch, was Ricky Williams. Mm-hmm. I could respect that. that. Yeah, I could Mike, respect that. Him and Michael Vick were like right here for me. Right, and and Christian, really quick, Jim, not to go off the rails. Um, Christian, James James Harden, or Dwayne Wade? Is it even close? Absolutely not. Thank you, sir. Why are you asking me? Like I said, Jay, I hate James Harden. Oh, no, no, no. J- just for the record, Jim Cross did not. That's, that's, that's Russell Westbrook and John Morant behind me. You don't see James Harden behind uh, me. Yes, dude. sir. No, I didn't mean to go off topic, Jim, but I was on a network show this morning, and, and I was ready to flip a table over it. It's it's not even a conversation. It's Dwayne Wade all day. It's like, that's like, in my eyes, that's like asking me, like, LeBron or, like, uh, Green. Like, this is the same thing. And, and, and look, here's the thing, Mike. At the end of the day, Dwayne Wade got Gabrielle Union, so he's the winner, period. Oh, 100%. 100%. But, Christian, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw some stats at you real quick and just talk about the flexing. Uh, played two years at Florida Christian School, hit 506 with six homers, 26 RBIs, and 11 stolen bases your senior year. Crowned 4A district champions in 2016 and made first team All-State and Miami-Dade County. Um Participated in 2016 FACA Weekend, 2016 4A8 Player of the Year. A lot of awards, man. We're talking 2016 Private Team All-Star. If I can ask you to pick your favorite moment from playing in high school baseball, whether that be, you know, uh, know, just in the clubhouse, you know, outside of school, whatever it may be, what would you have to say it is? That's tough. That's tough. That's tough. Let me think. There's probably two that would never be unmatched. Um, one is it's they're both against the school called Westminster Christian. They're like a really, really, really bad rival. Like we, we both hate each other. Like we always go like neck and neck. Mm. Uh, my senior year, we, we beat them in Florida Christian, our house, like just a regular season game. We beat them like four, like four to one or four to three or something. 
um but like it was like we had like a blackout that whole night like we like our stadium like the capacity of our home stadium in florida christian i think was around like 700 and we had like i think 12 or 1300 people there like they had to open up the football stands for us and being them there that night on a friday night it was cool and then that same year we beat them in their house for our district championship like seven to three like we blew them up and i not to like toot my own horn but i i robbed the home run i I robbed the three-run home run that like basically like Save the game. Hey, this is an off the bench, baby. You could toot it. Toot you know it. what? You know what? He says rob a home run. And then I'm realizing, you know what his new look actually looks like? He looked like Dylan Cruz, kind of. Actually, I see what you're doing, Christian. Speaking of robbing home runs, I got you. Okay. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to fluctuate. I mean, I was telling Michael, like, my primary growing up was outfield. Like, I just, you know, I grew into first, but that's about it. I think he's putting Matt Carpenter to shame, if you ask me. <laughs> I, I definitely do think Christian. You know, someone who played ball not even as close as to well as you did, um, you know, getting scouts looked at or even having scouts coming to a game is an anomaly in the Midwest. But in Florida and in southern states, it's very common. So for you, how early did you start getting approached by colleges and, and what were those conversations like? Um, let me think. Like, colleges... My brother committed to FIU his junior year. So I started to get recognition from FIU my sophomore year. Um, they offered me like right on spot. And like, I just, like, I wasn't gonna like, you know, throw myself over there like as a sophomore. So I went to showcases here and there and I didn't really have much um, like conversations with schools. I guess you could say like I had a lot of like emails like inviting me to camps and you know all that stuff um and growing up like in growing up in Miami I wanted to play in Miami you know like it was either playing in UM or FIU like I didn't care which school it was so when the opportunity presented itself again uh I just ran with it my junior year I committed my junior year summer but there weren't I didn't have a lot of uh like communication with schools growing up really like I really didn't to be honest with you like I had like I had a couple here and there but like they weren't like big schools like the only school the only big schools that offered me was Virginia Tech at the time and it wasn't much and I just didn't think it would be worth to go out of state as an 18 year old kid like just grew up in Miami to go into Virginia you know right and you know, if you would if you would have picked Virginia Tech, you know, you'd be in your you'd be in your senior year in uh, in a super regional right now, Christian. You do realize that, right? Yeah, I know, but <laughs> I think I think in hindsight, it, it's a different conversation. But Christian, to kind of tie into that though, um, that is, you think that is the main reason that you know Palm Beach was Palm Beach State was the destination for you, uh, just because you didn't want to leave out of state, or was there any other reasons that that tied you into there? Uh, Palm Beach State, I mean, I, like, I grew, I grew apart from FIU early in my career. Um, things weren't really working out there personally for me. So long story short, I got recruited by the old staff Mm. and two weeks right before going into campus, I walked into the new staff and I was just there. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, I mean, it's too late to like turn back now. So it's just time to like, you know, time to show and go. So freshman year went by and sophomore fall, like I just came to a conclusion that this 
that FIU was not the best fit for me. Like I, I knew I could bring more to the table. So in Palm Beach State, I had a friend of mine. His name is George Isa. He went to Farley Dickinson, then he went down to Palm Beach, and then he went to University of New Orleans. And he was my best friend growing up. Like he was my third baseman in high school, and he told me like, "Yo, we need a first baseman." So I'm like, "Okay, cool." Uh, I go to work out there. He, uh, the coach talked to me. He liked me. We went through the negotiation process, and within like two days, like I knew I wanted to play there because it's it's a great place. It's a great program. Great coaches. Great people. All that stuff. And I, t- I looked at myself in the mirror. Like I was like 185 maybe because I was an outfielder in FIU. I looked at myself in the mirror one day. I'm like, if I'm gonna be playing first in JUCO, like I gotta, I gotta eat. So I put on no joke. I when I stepped on the scale for the first game, which was like four months or six months after I committed to Palm Beach State, I gained within like forty to forty-five pounds. But that place, that Palm Beach State was a blessing to me in my career, honestly. Like it opened up so many doors. And like I'm here now, you know. For sure. Yeah, no doubt. And we'll get into Palm Beach State in a minute. Before you get too too carried away, Christian, man, we got to bring Michael into the mix. We got we to gotta head from, from South Beach to the Midwest. Yeah, Mike, you, that's enough for me. Like, go to yeah, him. No, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be back. But we got, we got to get Michael in the mix here, man. I won't put my man to sleep. You know, so, Michael, where are you from? Um, born in West, was born in West Virginia. Moved to Kentucky when I was, like, six. Grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, and so for you, man, I, I was doing some research. You got a you got a bigger family there. Talk to me, man. Uh, you know, siblings, mom, dad, and everything. Right. So I got an older brother. He's we're about the same height, but he's uh, definitely a larger figure than me. He's a uh, he he's actually got muscle to him, unlike me. <laughs> but my mom, my mom, uh, she lives in Bowling Green too. My brother and my mom live there, and my dad. And then uh, my cousin lives in Bowling Green as well, but the rest of my family is in West Virginia. So mom, she's she's about 5'10", or claims she was. I think she's shrinking a little bit. Huh. She played basketball at Western Carolina and Marshall. And then my dad, he played, I mean, he played sports in high school. He, he played basketball and baseball in high school, but he's a, he's a lawyer, former college president. So, so my question for you is because I've seen that you played basketball growing up, man. Were you was your mom taking you to school in the in the driveway? What's up? All right, so we used to play one on one all the time. Like we would get, we would get to talk to talking smack, and she she'd pull out the scrapbook. She'd be like, "Don't make me pull out the scrapbook." She'd pull out the scrapbook. She's got all these clippings where she's like dropping double double, triple doubles here and there. Like she's a beast. But there was one day in the driveway. I was about I think. 10 or 11 and I had backed her down and we were like on the on the right block and I like tried to hit her with a move and she broke one way and I went back she like read it right but I hit her right in the nose with like my elbow mm. or something got her good <laughs> she said some cuss words and went inside and I think that was the last day uh we played you hit your uh, mom Mike Come yeah on, not on man. purpose <laughs> well, I guess at least you that's didn't. where champions are made, Jim. That's where champions. Hey, at are. least he didn't like dunk on her. You know what I'm saying? Like then we were just been down right there. Oh yeah, she. I mean, she had the clamps. She was putting the clamps on me, and I just, you know, I was, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't on purpose, but yeah. So, so just the like last day we played. So just like Christian was asked about best athlete in the family, you know, you you gonna take that crown or you gonna pass it on? 
Yeah, they can like make a huge crown for me, and I'll go ahead and sit there. They can make a throne. <laughs> I heard yeah, that. We, we actually, it's funny you say that. We argue about that because my mom, when I lived in Bowling Green, my mom would cook dinner every Sunday, and me and my brother and his his wife would go over there, and we'd all eat dinner and stuff. And we would probably twice a month would get in that argument of who's the best athlete, and it would just be me and my brother. And then mom would start chirping and going, "What about me? I'm, I think I'm the best." I'm like, no, mom, you're you're too old. You're you're valid. You know what? I, I I believe in mom. I think mom lays in love and take you right now, Mike. That's what I'm oh, thinking. She was she was nice. She was nice, no <laughs> doubt. All right. So for you, you know, who was your favorite athlete growing up? No matter what sport it was, who who did you look up to? Uh, as a at a young age, it was probably um, you know just Michael Jordan. I mean, can't go wrong there. And then as the older I got, and the more I was like watching sports and stuff, it it probably Kobe Bryant. I'd say. Um, Baseball wise, my favorite was King Griffey Jr. I'm mm-hmm. a he's got fan. he's got all the right answers, Mike. Yeah, all the best of the best. But you know, I, I didn't get to really see Griffey in his prime, but Griffey at the back end with the Reds, while he was still kind of good, I know I really enjoyed watching him play for the Reds. And yeah, I'd say King Griffey Jr. My dog's actually named after him. His name's Griffey. So oh, and then awesome. Kobe. Yeah, no, you can't you can't go wrong. I uh, I got to uh, grow up on Griffey in his prime, and him and Frank Thomas were my two favorite baseball players. So I'm I'm all about that. No doubt, um, he's just got the swagger, and he's just. And then, I mean, and then, like you said, I mean, you said Kobe and Mike. I mean, I mean, we ain't got to talk about it. That, it, yeah. it, that that's that. So, um, for you, you know, uh, where did you go to high school at? I went to South Warren High School. It was a newer school when it was just recently built. I got you. And I see uh, you earned all state, second team, all region, and all district honors uh, while you were there. Four year letter winner on the diamond, as well as the two years with basketball. Um, and that's why I knew you could hoop. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you this. You know, you you talked about moms. You know, a lot of a lot of baseball players come on here and really claim. You know, because a lot of them had some basketball experience. If I was to put you against Mike Hughes right there, right now, not your mom, Mike Hughes, you don't know nothing about him right now. Are you taking him to the rack? I mean, I'm taking him to the rack, or I'm just pulling up from about 40 feet. I mean, <laughs> not that deep. Probably about 30 I'll let him feet. shoot it. I'll let him shoot 30 it. 30 feet. I spray. I'm a shooter. There it is. There it is, Mike. You're toast. Don't even try. <laughs> we'll see what happens. We'll have to see what happens on the court. But, you know, I think. I think he'll give me a run for his money, 100%, 100%. He ain't going to beat me because I'm going to back him down and throw elbows. I'm going to play dirty street ball. He don't, he don't Jim, let me tell you, bro. I'm like grandma ain't, on you. Exactly. Ain't nobody coming <laughs> near you, bro. Ain't nobody coming near I, you. I, he, he said that. I hate Draymond, but I would play like Draymond. That's the irony. So, you know what? <laughs> That's respect. That's respect. Don't like playing uh, against him. Like him on your team, though. Exactly. So, you know, for you on the diamond, man, what was your what was your favorite moment in high school, man? Everybody, everybody's got that one moment that they believe, you know, Christian even had two of them. What was it for you? Uh, my favorite moment was definitely we were playing. So our district is set up. So we have we have five teams in our district and we were like the I think we were the two seed because we didn't get the one seed, which we were pretty upset about. It was my senior year. And we were playing the three seed who we were, we were very similar with. They actually had a kid. He. He's playing at Louisville right now. His name's Ryan Hawks. He's a really good pitcher. Was a really good like baseball player. And then they had another kid. He was a year younger than me. He was like a four-year starter at Baylor on their team. And they're they're a really good team. It was a it was a hard two-three seed game. Like I mean, we had to win that game to make it to the to the regional. And I ended up throwing like a one hitter with like 
eight or nine punchies, and I, like, I had a really good game. Nice. That was, that was probably the, my, my highlight. You know, it didn't really show when I was researching, you know, uh, but I know you had to have played travel ball. Everybody, you know, to make it to, to your level, you know, what travel ball team did you play for, you know, the at least the biggest one? You ain't got to give me the whole run of them. Right, right. Uh, in high school, I played for a team. They're out of Evansville, Indiana. They're called the Evansville Razorbacks, which is a pretty good program. It's not like nationally known. I mean, in regional, I feel like people would know that name. But, I mean, uh, Jeff Johnson, he's a coach over there. Or Jeremy Johnson, sorry, Jeremy Johnson. He's a coach over there, and I mean, he's he's ran a, a really good program. Had a lot of really good players come through there. So, so at what point did you start getting colleges, uh, you know, recruiting you? And was it because of travel ball, high school ball, or both? Yeah, it's actually really uh, interesting, and I'll try to shorten it up a little bit. But in high school, like early on, I didn't really like I was on the varsity baseball team, but I didn't really play a whole lot. Like I didn't really play a whole lot until my senior year after I'd already committed. So I, I thought I was just going to play basketball, all right? And then I went through – after my junior year of baseball, that ended, and I had a really good start to the year, and then I started playing bad at the end, and I was, I was about to hang him up, but I had already signed up to play for the summer ball team. I'd already paid. So I'm like, okay, let's just see what the summer does for me. And, like, had a really great summer. Ended up getting a lot of uh, call. I, there was like a two-week period where I was getting calls every day from coaches, like JUCOs, D2s, and some D1s. And so, so what made you? So what made you choose uh, Western Kentucky of, of of those choices? Right, I didn't really have that. I had maybe three or four D1 offers. So of the of the caliber level offers I was getting, I felt that. Uh, Western Kentucky was my my best option in terms of like facilities and I mean it was obviously in my hometown so that was like a plus being close to friends and family but I mean I mean I had offers like Marshall that I didn't really like their baseball stuff their coach didn't was rubbed me wrong on the on the visit see both of y'all stayed close to home see oh man I joined the military and I picked San Diego California to get as far away from Memphis Tennessee as I could I don't know I don't know how y'all folks stay close to home I'm trying to I was trying to get away as quick as I could well it's funny I mean I think I think I was just psychologically telling myself that as it was a plus but I feel like I would have blossomed into like a better player early on in my college career if if I would have gotten out of out of Bowling Green 100 agreed on that one so Christian, back to you. Um, happy you chimed in, but um, you know, you get to Palm Beach State. What are your emotions like? You know, kind of speaking to that of you know, you're kind of still in your hometown. You're kind of still in a familiar place. Um, were you nervous? Were you excited? What are those emotions like? Just first day on campus. Going JUCO, like it just it just fueled my fire. Really, um, I felt like I had a lot of people to prove wrong. Um, there's one time I'll never forget where I was having my meeting with my coach from FIU, he told me I'm, I would never be better than a division two ball player. So when he told me that, like it just lit up a spark, like immediately, like I, like I grew in a rage, I grew in a fury, like I was crying, like not from like disappointment, I was crying from like the, like how much emotion I had in me to like prove, like not just him, but like practically like everyone I surrounded myself wrong because like my my first uh, high school, which was uh, Christopher Columbus, I was told the same thing. Like I would, like I wouldn't be better than a Division two ball player. Then when I get into a Division one program, I get told the same thing. 
And when I when I decided to go JUCO, um, like it just grew, like it just made me furious. Like when I when I had that first game, like there like there was like too much to handle, like mentally, physically, emotionally, and like when the when the course like wrote itself out. I ended up, you know, doing what I had to do, but it got shortened up because I had, I suffered a uh, ACL, ACL meniscus tear complete, and it took me about 18 months to recover from. It's tragic, but, you know, you know, you do prove a lot in what you just said to a lot of ball players and a lot of people listening right now, um, and that's a true testament to to everybody as a baller, you know, and, and in your two years there, especially your sophomore season, you slashed 333 um 382 and 561 in 30 games as a sophomore you tied for the team lead in home runs with five and and was tied for second in triples with three how much would you describe or how would you describe uh your time at palm beach state and for you you know would you do anything different that place was a blessing in disguise really um like i loved everything about it like the school school was great teammates were amazing um the only thing I would do different is not try to field the bunt and throw the third in a drive. <laughs> now that's the only thing. It, that's like, that extra but, stuff that we like. Look, that's what's not in the scripted stuff. We don't got that stat. Yeah, like We're nightmares about that. Like, no, I, I still do. Like, I, <laughs> I, I wonder if I didn't try to field that ball and throw throw across the diamond, if what would what would happen? One hundred percent, one hundred percent. But for you, you know. How does how does Ju come into the mix and 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 what did that kind of entail? To put it all in perspective for you for from Ju, um, I'll tell you this. I committed right before my injury happened, and I called the coach up when I when I got the news. Um, they just swept South. Um, they just swept St. Louis, right? Um, I get out of the hospital at like ten o'clock at night from my MRI and my my doctor. I'm I'm crying my balls like sorry I'm crying my eyeballs out, and I call the coach and I just hear them like raging in the back because they they had a really big series to win that weekend and they swept. I break him the news and Coach Hayes' first words were. No worries, you're a part of us now. We'll get you right. When I heard that over the phone, within two days of just committing, I knew that place was like. It doesn't matter what I went through here. It doesn't matter my experiences. Like I knew this place was gonna be my home. Like I felt it. So I came up here and I visited uh, Ruben Samayan, my best friend growing up. Um, he he played here for five years because of COVID. Um, he didn't have a single error in the outfield. My best friend growing up, best friend to this day. Um, I came up here to visit him because I had nothing better to do my sophomore fall. And like when I got up here, because I'll FaceTime him all the time. When I got up here and I saw things for myself, like I just envisioned myself wearing that jersey. Like there was no other jersey in the country that would persuade me not to wear dolphins across my chest. 100%. And it's, it's weird to hear because there's a lot of like, 
better places to play and this and that, whatever. But like, it's, it was just like a, like, it was like a heart. Like I felt like I felt it, like I felt it here. You like know, it, it's interesting to hear you say that, man. Cause there's, there's something to that, you know, not to cut you Mike, but uh, you know, Josh Hatcher said the same thing, you know, he left Mississippi state the national champion. He had a plethora of options, but he said he went back home. He went to Kennesaw state. He was playing with three of his, high school teammates and his best friends. And he said, it just felt like the place that he wanted to be. He couldn't see himself anywhere else, even with the other options. He said that was the school for him. So like, I can understand that, you know, hearing you say that, hearing him say that, like being a ball player. And when you, like you said, when you see a certain uniform and there's a certain school and you got a certain, you know, relationship with a teammate, like, and it all just kind of comes together. It, it just feels right. Yeah. Like I came in, I was coming in the year where they went to regional against UF. And they beat UF. They beat Florida State. Like they beat all these guys. They were ranked, and like I like I just felt like the shoes needed to be fulfilled, and like I just had that heart and desire to play here and want to continue that legacy, that little span of time where Ju was like on the national totem pole. Hundred percent. You know, you talk about the ACL meniscus tear. Um, you know, it, we've heard crazy stories about how it happens. I've heard guys who literally stepped out of bed and tore it all the way to, you know, trying to, trying to slide in the home plate. So for you, can you kind of just take us through that injury as a whole and how that kind of transpired? So it's quite interesting. So how it happened was I was in, we're playing as Miami Dade, right? Mm -hmm. So I was playing at home in front of all my friends and all my family that came to see the game. First and second situation, they bunt. I charge in immediately, obviously. He hit it hard towards me. Like, I'm sorry, he bunted it hard towards me. So I planned to go throw at third because I, I, had, I had him. Like I would have easily had him. And my cleats dug into the ground, the grass. So I felt every single thing. Like I felt the snap, I felt a crack, I felt the pop, everything. I couldn't even like, like I couldn't get up. Like I felt like a balloon was like inhaling itself behind my knee. So like two minutes later, I get up. I didn't get taken out. I told my coach, I'm not getting taken out. I finished off the inning. I go lead off the next inning. I hit a ball up the middle and it's my left leg. So it was my backside leg. When I went to finish my swing and run out the block, run out the box, I just fell straight down. So like that's when I knew I'm like, okay, this is bad. And you and you know what I caught most out of that story is it it all comes back to a bun again with you, Christian. Yeah. <laughs> was that the same bunt or no? <laughs> <laughs> different bunt? No, it was the same bunt. Okay. Christian, Christian uh, was I thought it was a different bunt. I thought I thought this was the <laughs> bunts were just really messing him up. Christian, would you say, um, you know, I've I've torn my meniscus, um, and, and I've torn, you know, my labrum in my in my throwing arm, um, and I've partially torn it and then fully torn it later on, kind of like you're alluding to. For you, would you think, you know, because I mean, first of all, you're an effing warrior if you fully tore it and finished out that inning and then to go for another at bat and to say you're good, you know, would you say there was a difference in that in that at bat? To where the the injury extended would you think maybe it was a partial tear in the beginning and then you fully tore it doing that no. doing that at bat no i i i felt like 
when I'm telling you, like, like Rice Krispie snack crackle pop, like that it was off above all the above. Like, right <laughs> off Look, and, and you know, Michael can appreciate it since he said he's a Kobe guy. You know, Kobe tearing the Achilles going back out there and shooting. We don't talk about that, sir. We don't talk about that, sir. <laughs> Hey, Michael, I'm feeling you, but I got a fish named Kobe, bro. That's Black Mamba in my room right now. But, you know, Christian, back to it. You know, I, I love the feel-good stories, man. And and this was one of those stories where you returned 17 to 18 months later um, from the injury in a shortened season to start 16 of 17 games played all at first base, led the team on the um, and the ASUN conference in home runs and was second in the ASUN and RBIs before COVID hit. I don't mean to, you know, continue the, the down topic, but, you know, how deflating was that for you to get back to where you were um, and, and just start off the season raking just to have the season get shortened by COVID? It wasn't like a deflating type of thing. It, like, again, like it was just more of a desire to fulfill my needs personally to prove people that I can be in this stage, like in this national stage. Right. Like. It was it was difficult because I got cleared in seven months. Like I pushed myself really hard. Mm. I got cleared in seven months. I was in the 2019 season. I was competing, and then from one one swing in the middle of an event, I felt like a a snap in my patella and like a flare go on. So I got the I developed tel, uh, patellar tendonitis. I got a PRP shot and it got me four months more in my therapy time. So that's what that's what pushed me back even more. Um, but going back to your question, like it was just like I've like my career, like I've just really looked back at it, like reflecting now since, you know, we just finished up. Um, like there was a lot of like more proving wrong than there was to feeling sweet about myself. Right. If that makes any sense, like there was a lot of a lot of like negative talking about me like there was just a lot of questions in the air and like it was just like I just feel like with my performances and my time especially here in JU it was just like a little jab in the mouth like 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 you know like the questions were up in the air but I punched you in the mouth and I, I showed you what I could do like right. is that like is that simple like like that's that and that's the beauty of sports too because we see so many comeback stories we see so many Cinderella stories and then you look back and it's like, oh, but they just did that. Mm -hmm. When you look at the actual athlete and what they think about it, it's they're never going to forget about it. And they'll take it up to heaven with them. Right. Now, for you, though, you know, during the 2020 season, it was a blessing for me. Uh, you know, from 2014 to 2018, I played with a torn labrum. So I took that 2020 season off and just fully just healed my body. Um, obviously you already coming back from that injury. What did you do during the pandemic and during that off time away from the team? Um, and what was that like? You know, we don't, we don't got to trick anybody out. We don't got to snitch here, but was anybody meeting up and having practices still? And, and what was those conversations like to stay in baseball shape, being ready for whenever you got the call that, you know, you were going back to play ball. So, well, before the 2020 season, I was, I was lifting two to three times a day. I was getting myself ready. Like I was waking up at five in the morning and going like I was doing like the old school stuff and mm. it worked out well. When COVID hit, we all went home again and we'll just we'll go to our, our teammates house. and We'll all just live together because like at the time, like a third of the team was from Miami. Right. So we would all go. We all meet up in the house. We'll all live together. 
um, we'll jump, we'll jump fences to like hit in public parks because in Miami they were super bad with COVID, super bad. Like the right. outbreaks there were, not, like probably the worst ever. So we'll be jumping around, you know, we'll just find our ways to do our things down there. And then when we came back up here, like it, we just felt free right. because we had we had our facilities here to do what we needed to do. We didn't have to jump fences to get into public parks that were getting chased after from security <laughs> like you know like right. we came back up here and we were doing our thing and like it was just it was just keeping each other like composed and keeping each other like in spirits you know like because we, we knew we were going to come back together and we knew we were going to you know finish what we started for sure and after that sandlot type of off season jumping fences getting chased by dogs and security uh, you know, a, you dog, a dog chased us one time it wasn't fun <laughs> black German Shepherd I, it wasn't fun I promise you <laughs> it's, it, I bet I bet green in Chicago bro I promise you all the way from pits to chihuahuas we see the craziest stuff um, but in 2021 you know you started 42 of 45 games played but let's get right to it I want to talk to you about leading JU to an eight and seven upset of seven against 17 Florida Florida State um, when you had an incredible three run most in school history in that game and six RBIs in that game Take me through that and 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 just tell me about your emotions during the game and after. Getting on that bus, I I felt like I had the flu. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, My man got the flu game going. I, had, like, I, I just that, feel like nothing's ever flu. going good. That was my flu game. Like I I woke up super groggy. Like at like seven in the morning, like I woke up out of nowhere. We didn't have lifts or anything because we were traveling. Right. I woke up like completely i was like wow like i i don't feel good at all so i run a, i run a cold bath i ran a cold bath i sat in there for 45 minutes then i get to the field like after i ate i my body is just like i'm just like it's aching like it's not even sore like my whole body's aching so get on the bus like i started feeling nauseous and i couldn't like like, I couldn't get comfortable. I couldn't even sit. Like, I was, like, standing up. I was sitting on, like, on, like, the, I was, like, laying across, like, the floor on the bus. I got off the bus. We're going through our pregame routine. I was even hitting, like, in the cages, like, I was even hitting the ball. Like, I was hitting the tee. Like, that's how tired my body was. Like, I was swinging under the ball on the ball. Like, I was swinging the balls going this way backwards instead of me hitting it. I get to the field. Um, like, in BP. I look at my I look at my shortstop at the time, Dakota Jalila. I look at him and I'm like, dude, I I don't want to play today. Like I can't. And he's like, dude, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Just hit ground balls. I start hitting ground balls in BP, right? Then I hit like I think it was like my first or like second to last uh swings. Like I hit one over. And he looks at me, he's like, You're gonna do that today. And I'm like, okay sure whatever you think bro like like whatever and then long story short I had that type of game but I was numb like my I didn't think I couldn't feel my body and after the game I look at the scoreboard and personally in my head I'm like yo I just did that like I did that me and like everyone there is just like jumping around because we beat FSU and in my head I'm like like, dude, what's going on, bro? Like this, like, like, like I was like having a Jr. Smith moment, not even knowing where you are. Right, 
Mike, but look, let me ask you a question. Look, he he just provided six RBIs and three home runs, but he's that sick. You going up and hugging him afterward, or are you just gonna stay tight? <laughs> That's a hot take. Listen, before, before COVID, before COVID, I would say, hell yeah, like I wouldn't care. During COVID. I don't know. That's a that's a hot take. That might be one of the hottest questions you ask all night, Jim. 100. Like, percent I'm staying away. I'm staying away. I'm gonna throw the long distance high five. Say good game, Christian. Like, appreciate you, bro. I'll see you later. No joke. Like I barely sweat. Right. Like I'm not the type of like person that sweats. Like you even ask Michael. Like after the games, I go take off like my undershirt. Like it'll still look like I just put it on. That game specifically, it looked like I wore a green undershirt. It looked like black. I'm oh, like how much I got drenched. <laughs> but Christian, like I had the cold. I had the shivers. I had the cold sweats. Everything going on that whole game. Christian, for you though, you know your senior season started fifty-three of 40, 54 games played, uh, fifty at first base and three at DH. Led the team in RBIs forty-eight, home runs thirteen, slugging percentage was four ninety-five, raked, um, and tied for the lead in sacrifice flies for first Dolphin with double-digit homers since Angel Camacho in twenty nineteen. You know, you, you talk a lot about proving people wrong. Um, and obviously the standard is just to be the best version of you that you can be. But, you know, is is there a chip on your shoulder when you look at this season as your defining season? And, and would you say you met expectations or exceeded expectations for yourself? Well, in my mind, like I'm never going to be happy with my performances, like no matter what I do in that given day. Because you're that guy? You're that guy? Three yeah. home runs in a game and you're like, it could have been four? Yeah, because like <laughs> I'm I'm the type of guy that thinks neutrally. I'm a neutral thinker. I don't take too much of good. I don't take too much bad. And like, yeah, like it's nice that I met these, uh, I guess like milestones in my career, you could say, but like, I just like I was taking a lot of outside advice from former guys I walked that were in the program, and like, you know, I was just I was just running with it. I was just running with it. I was, like as you said, trying to be the best version of myself every single day. I told my guys that every single day, like my hitters group, I told them that every single day before we took on the game, be the best version of yourself. Not for you, for everyone surrounding you. You play for them. You don't play for yourself. I told them that every single game, and. Like, like, yeah, like looking back now, like it's bittersweet because it came to an end, but like, like I'm like, I am happy with what I produced in my time, especially this year, because I felt like it was such an emotional roller coaster, you know, being here for so long and it coming to an end, like meeting, you know, like Michael, specifically Michael, like he's my brother, um, like, he told us before the episode he didn't like you, dog. <laughs> yeah, I hate him too. It's all good. Yeah, so, I forgot to tell I you that. There, I saw the whole thing. <laughs> so like that, like just this only one year playing with Michael and like a few other guys that came in, like, like it's bittersweet because like we had we had something nice going on and we had our challenges and our breakdowns, but like if I feel like if we had if I had more time with this group, we could have done something way more special, you know. Right. And, and, you know, you talk about, you know, just having a little bit more time in a game. I really wanted to pick your brain about um, we just had the boys from K-State on Tyler Simon and Josh Hatcher. Uh, you had a career high five hits against those boys, a team that, you know, won the conference and just played in the regionals. You know, can you kind of just talk about that? That day? That's yeah. Um, so 
dude raked. <laughs> like I like I'm telling you, like it I'm, was a barrel. Like I'm I'm the type of player that like like once like I like I hate conference. I hate everybody in our conference. That's what you're supposed to do. Anybody who I says otherwise doing it's wrong. Like I don't care who like I don't care who it is. Like I hate I hate you. Like it's that simple. Like, yeah, I have my boys on some teams, this and that, whatever, but like I hate you. You're not wearing you're not wearing what I'm wearing. Um going into going into there at their place, like it's a little band box, really. And it's super it's super fun to hit in. Like I don't I don't blame Hatcher going over there. I would have gone over there too if I had an opportunity. <laughs> you know, like I would have probably had like 20 something. And that day specifically, um, everything was just falling, like everything was just going through. Like it was just like it was a lucky day. Like it wasn't, you know, like right. like I like were you I, were you satisfied with five hits or were you were, was there yeah, still more? No, yeah, yeah. I didn't I wasn't okay. expecting that. Like like David Well, before, you weren't satisfied with three home runs, so I don't know about five hits, and I gotta figure yeah, you out. I, I prom I could tell I could like I can't even tell you the like the process of the at bats. Like I can't. Like I I forgot about them. But I really remember the one you hit dead center that was like four fifty. That's that was my favorite one. Hundred <laughs> percent. Now, you know, Christian, going into, you know, the next stage of baseball or or just the next stage of life, can you kind of just ha- give us this kind of understanding of where you're at right now, whether that be with professional ball or if you're ahead, you know, obviously professional ball is always, you know, the first place you want to be at. Um, but if your head is anywhere else as well, like what you might want to do outside of baseball, either, you know, later down the line or, or later in this year. Well, I mean, I can speak for Mike on this too. Like we have our masters in our back pocket. So we won, you know, we won. Um, baseball is always going to be pursued. And, you know, like I'm, we just started up, I started up training up this week. I took some time off, um, I'm just trying to find a place to play. Like, I don't, you know, like, I'm not going to be judgmental of where I have to go because I, again, like, I know I need to, like, work through this to get into the minors. Like, like the odds of me getting a free agency, I feel, aren't as high as I think it would be. So, especially with my age. So, I feel like independent ball is probably going to be my first look and to just, just see what goes on from there. Because, again, like, we have we have our master's. If we really wanted to, we could get a full, we could get a salary job right now with six figures if, if we really wanted to. But like the little kid and me, I'm never going to let this game go. I can't. I, I, I can't. Like I can't. No, I absolutely love that answer, you know, and, and, and that's cool that you, you realize that, that you, you, you know what you want, but you also know that you have something in your back pocket that you can go to. And uh, and that's awesome, and you and you earn that, and that and that's what you do while you know you're playing ball, man. You you you're hitting hitting the hitting the books and getting them grades and and getting that degree. So, man, um, you know, I hope you make it in ball. But if not, like you said, man, um, I think you'll be successful, especially with your mindset that that chip that you carry on your shoulder. But you know, coming coming back to you, Michael, man, you know, you get to Western Kentucky. You know, what were your emotions like getting to campus? You said it was close to home, no different than Christian did. But, uh, you know, were, were you nervous? Were you excited? I was definitely nervous because, you know, I mean, kind of labeled as like hometown hero type player. Everyone like pre preseason, like freshman year, like the media is asking the coach about freshman me. Like, like I'm that relevant on the team. At least I didn't really think I was. I mean, I ended up pitching a lot my freshman year, but I mean, just know, like knowing so many people and stuff like that. I mean, 
had had best friends from my high school that went to Western that were in fraternities that I could stay close with and then making new friendships from uh, my teammates. Well, you, you couldn't have been hanging out uh, them fraternities too much because before I got into your athletics, I wanted to get into your academics. You know, it's funny that Christian had brought up the Masters because uh, the thing that stood out to me, man, when you when you see somebody who's killing it on uh, academics and athletics, you know, bro, you made the dean's list three times and the president's list once at Western Kentucky. Uh, I mean, beyond impressive. What drove you to put academics at, you know, such an emphasis? Nerd. Well, my freshman year, nerd. he said nerd. <laughs> no, not even nerd. It just, uh, my freshman year, I really stubbed my toe in the classroom, especially that first semester. I mean, anyone who has gone into college, especially played sports, has learned that like time management is your biggest thing against you. You got to learn how to manage it with friends, hanging out, doing homework, practice. It's hard. So I struggled with that. And then I guess. The further and further my college career developed, I mean, I got I got better at it. hanging out with friends, doing my schoolwork first early in the week. Did you have yeah. girls doing your work for you? Is that what I'm I'm starting to hear? Nah, Did you struggled and then all of a sudden you on the dean's list? What's <laughs> up, man? No, I think my parents kind of lit a fire under me and I kind of got going. I hear you. So getting into baseball, man, you made 53 career appearances. Uh, you know, 11 starts for the Hilltoppers, uh, 40, 40 appearances in the first two seasons, missing the 2019 season due to injury. Um, made seven starts and 14 appearances after returning from injury, but injury, but you led the team with a 12.9 um, K, to, K to 9 ratio as a sophomore in 2018. What I noticed in here, though, you know, as I, as I said it three different times in there was injury, injury, injury. So, you know, kind of like Christian, man, it sounds like both y'all boys need to be wrapped in some bubble wrap because <laughs> I got some injuries. Talk, talk to me about what you had going on. I'm packing through. Right. So, uh, my freshman year didn't really pitch that great, but uh, our team wasn't very good. So, coach gave me a lot of opportunity to, you know, just trial and error. And I feel like it helped me develop as a freshman, you know, getting getting out there. And then my sophomore year, I wasn't used a lot, but I was using more – crucial moments and I had a really good season out of the bullpen uh after that season I played summer ball that summer tore it up had a really good summer was looking to be like you know Friday Saturday type guy coming back my junior year uh tore my UCL in the first playoff game in my summer league mm. and I mean that was that was pretty tough for me because I was like I was rated the number two prospect in that summer league by like baseball America or something like that Michael, I'm gonna I'm gonna need uh I'm gonna need to stop you right there. What in the hell is a UCL, my friend? I've heard it all, but I have not heard that for the you know your you... ulnar something. I don't know the C, but it's ligament. It's your top. It's Tommy John. Mike, surgery, are you so Mike? Are you serious? I'm I'm it's... gonna question all your baseball credentials. Every pitcher that's getting Tommy John is their UCL that they tear, bro. What are you? Yeah, but I about? always hear Tommy John. I've never heard the like. I, I it's, learned... the, it's the it's the UCL. So for instance, Mississippi State Landon Sims he tore his UCL, bro. Right. Well, listen, man. Like it's fine. He's sitting ninety-seven now, so whatever. Nah, I wish. Exactly. You wish. What do you mean? I taste it. No, but the but the thing about it, the thing about it is, Michael, what what you know because you had it, and what I know, twenty years ago, Tommy John ended your career. Now with advanced medicine, um, not only are you recovering faster, but a lot of pitchers are coming back stronger, which just seems kind of crazy, you know. But it, it, I mean, it's 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 crazy how medicine has changed, and so 
you know, that, that would be my first question. Coming off Tommy John, how long did it take before you were back uh, throwing on the, on the bump? Uh, my first – it took me 14 months to complete the program. But there's, like, certain steps. So, like, I started throwing again after six months. And then let's say, like, at set or eight or nine months, I was, like, throwing live bullpens. You know, like, fastball change, like, 75%. And it had just you like build your way back up into it. And then with my last step was throwing a simulated game. So any scrimmage, 20 pitches. So I actually did that in our fall world series at Western started a game, finally got the scrimmage in. And then I ended up earning the Friday night starter role that season, the COVID season. Had four, had four starts that season, which all this season allowed me to have. Had had decent numbers, but I was really starting to feel fit, get into the role of you know being a Friday guy, and being that leader in the locker room and stuff like that, and just getting back from surgery and being comfortable with my body out on the mound. I mean, it's it's really interesting the similarity in y'all stories. I mean, y'all y'all battle injuries, and then when y'all start to get in a groove when COVID comes, like it's really unique um, that y'all are paired together at JU the way y'all were, and you know y'all have y'all have these things. And I'm not even gonna ask you what it was like to to get that Friday night uh, starting role and then and COVID come in. Cause I know it sucks. I don't even, I don't yeah, even, I, don't <laughs> even <laughs> I, mean, I was, I was, I was devastated. It was just. So how does, so how does, you know, coming off that, how does Jay, you come into the picture? How do you end up there? Right. So then the next season, um, I'm like, I trained all summer was like really looking forward to it. I had like, was talking to a lot of scouts, like almost every team. So I'm like, yeah, like this is my year. Like I'm, I'm probably gonna get picked if I have a pretty, pretty good season. I'll get picked. And I ended up had had like tendonitis to start that se- my last season at Western. Uh, was pitching like really bad. Like I had nothing. My velo was down. Couldn't locate secondary pitch. So I was, and if I was in the zone, I was getting lit up. But I was just walking dudes. So co- like, I mean, no hard feelings with their, the head coach there, but. He just felt like after like four or five opportunities for me that that was pretty much going to be it in meaningful innings. So I got some more appearances here and there, but none that really mattered. And it was just inning stints, kind of just to eat up some innings. And then, you know, I, I almost quit after that season. I mean, that really did it to me. It, it was wearing on my, like my mental and um, had me down, had me down. Um, but I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna enter the portal. I, I gotta keep playing. Like I can't ha- I can't hang it up on that note. So I uh, enter the portal. And you uh, said I gotta get out of the Midwest and head towards the beach. Yeah. Well, that was, <laughs> when I was thinking about going somewhere, I was like, <laughs> I gotta pitch in warm weather. Like this cold weather is destroying my arm. So, <laughs> so I uh, one of my buddies actually, his high school coach, knew a summer ball coach, and I he got me in that league. Had a really good summer. Um. Heard, heard from teams, heard from like some uh, some CUSA teams and teams like that of that caliber, like really good teams. But all of them were just like, hey, we'll keep in touch. We just want to reach base for now. But I was looking to make a decision pretty early on in the summer because I didn't want to have to worry about that. So, and you know, uh, Brad Wilkerson, the recruiting coordinator at JU, he came, he flew up to Virginia where I was playing summer ball at. And he actually had a meeting with me before one of my games I was starting. And he offered me a scholarship. And I, I didn't even I didn't, hadn't even visited JU yet before I committed. I just had talked to all the coaches. It was a really good offer. I was moving to Florida. Like why not? Everyone wants everyone from Kentucky. That's everyone wants to play 
Florida baseball. Well, plus, you heard about this guy Christian that was there, and you're like, right. man, yeah. I want to play with that it's dude. It's funny. We were actually we were texting before I even like knew anyone. But yeah, but yeah, and then I I ended up moving, and it was a. I'm glad I trusted the coaches, and it was it was a good decision for me, and it was a good fit. That's what's up. So you know, looking at it, man. Um, started 14 of the 15 games you appeared on the mound in, in the season for the Dolphins. Second on the team with 72 innings pitched. Um, had 82 strikeouts, tied for six in the A-Sun Conference in K's. Uh, you know, before we get into individual games, but the same kind of question we asked Christian, you know, um, especially coming off injuries, you know, transferring schools, you know, did you meet your expectations coming into the season for yourself individually? I mean, I mean I'm kind of like Christian in that aspect of what his answer was because, you know, I'm really never satisfied. I mean, my parents, you can ask my parents or my girlfriend or anyone in my family, they'll be like, that was a great game. And I'm like, well, if I just wouldn't have got behind in that one count in the fourth inning, blah, blah, blah like, you know, I can always work on something. You know, it was a good season for me. Like, I had a good season. But uh, I had an even better fall, which, I mean, fall ball means nothing. You have fall Americans every year that don't pan out in the spring. But, I mean, I was I was unreal in the fall. And I just – I wanted to carry that over. And it took me – it took me, like, till halfway through the season to, like, reach what I was doing in the fall. But, I mean, I finished the season on a solid note, and I started off strong. I just stubbed my toe a little bit in, in the middle. Well, you know, following that theme of stubbing your toe and, you know, hoping to finish strong, Mike, uh, I just messaged the uh, the other hosts of the show and told them that you didn't know what a UCL was. And um, <laughs> you're not welcome back after this episode, bro. Uh, so it's one of those things, bro. Mike. Listen, I have spent my entire career in the outfield. It's none of my business what goes on with y'all pitching doing. <laughs> I don't care. Hey, but you I, are you work for the Cubs, bro. Like, and I how? feel you on that. And I feel it on that. But here's the thing. And Christian, Christian, bro, you've been quiet a minute. I need you to tag me in here. Feel like we build a bond. You know, it, it's not my fault when they get all scientific on me. When you say Tommy John, I know what you're talking about. When you say UCLA, I dude, <laughs> I don't yeah, know man. what you're talking about right now. You committed to UCLA now. I don't know what what's going on, but uh, I, for I all the listeners out there, yeah, I can't even tell you what ACL stands for. Like it's not, exactly, exactly. Oh, yeah, I have no idea what that. I, just I didn't need L's, you to know what it's for, but. But how you didn't know that that was the link to the Tommy John? Listen, um, but all I hear is, oh, you got TJ. Oh, you got you got Tommy John. Like, Chicago is just very – listen, I'm – listen, I'm going to leave it at this, Jim. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to disrespect my city, but the educational system in my city does not give us the, <laughs> the pleasure of saying the words UCL. We just call it TJ. That's it. That's it. Hey, all my science nerds out there. Hey, I kept it nerdy. I said I tore my UCL. I should have said I had Tommy John surgery. It's Uh, all honestly. I think it's Michael's fault at the end of the day. (laughs) Yeah, who who told you to sound so smart, bro? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he did make the the D's list three times, guys, and you called him a nerd for it too. Be better, be better. Come on now, kid. Yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. (laughs) <laughs> well, speaking of being better, I don't know what, what y'all got about the playing Florida State, but, you know, I want to go to that game. You struck out eight, including the first six batters you faced uh, in your first career start with JU, and it was against Florida State, um, only allowing two hits and one run in the in the upset of the ranked Seminoles. So, you know, like Christian, I mean, I don't know what it is, but, um, you know, what was going through your head? And, I mean, what were the emotions like having a game like that against a – a top uh, ranked team like that. I mean, I was 
beyond nervous to start the game. Like I'm, I'm that guy that I still like. No matter who I'm playing, it could be an inner squad. I'm nervous, so I was, I was really nervous. I had missed a couple of inner squads to in preseason because my arm was bothering me a little bit, a little tendonitis. So I didn't, I didn't start in the weekend at the beginning of the season. So I got my first midweek start. It's Florida State. I was glad we were at home. So I go out there, you know, like I'm feeling decent, but I'm just like, I mean, my adrenaline's just going. And then, I mean, obviously I punch out the side. Uh, the third guy I struck out in the first inning was Alex Terrell from Miami, who it's just nukes. And I like, I threw him like a 3-2 backdoor cutter on accident. I didn't even throw a cutter. It just, <laughs> but I, it was gas and it, it was, it was like Corbin Burns backdoor cutter, like filth. So, and then I go back out for the next inning. And I mean, obviously I was pretty pumped walk off the mound. Everyone's like, it's packed. Everyone went crazy. And then go back out for the next inning and I mean even more an unbelievable thing happened and I struck out the side again on an immaculate inning nine pitches three you, strikes you throw more throw more pitches that you didn't know that you could throw no I didn't <laughs> are you sure are you sure you don't have a backdoor cutter because if you threw it you got it uh, I, don't, I don't I don't have it it's just I throw a cutter every once in a while I cut my four seam every once in a while which isn't good I gave up a home run on it this year but sometimes it, it benefits me so yeah, so, the second inning, when I the the next three batters, it was it was three pitches to all of them, immaculate inning, and I mean I was going even more nuts coming off the mountain then, and everyone's like, oh, let's go, let's go. I mean at that point I'm like out of my body. I'm like this is my first start here. Like I'm the new kid. I was just like this is awesome. Yeah, well welcome welcome to the team, kid. We love you. Like no doubt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you assume the Saturday starter role, um, you know, at the start of a some play, uh, won four consecutive starts and five of your last six in the regular season. You know, um, how did you find that uh, that groove, including recording a, a career best ten strikeouts in, in the final start of versus Eastern Kentucky? You know, you, we were just talking about the backdoor cutter. You know, what was working for you on the mound? What what you know in the pitching arsenal? What what was your go to? You know, talk to me through you know the success you were having through that stretch of games. Right. So, I mean, my go-to pitch is my slider. I mean, it's, it's a pretty good pitch and I can really throw it in any count, which is what really helps me. I'll th I mean, I could even throw it 3-0. If I feel like a guy, I mean, I rarely do that, but if I feel like you guys sit on that, I'll throw it. 3-1, I'll throw it. It helps me a lot. 2-0, just being in behind the count, being able to throw that breaking ball. I mean, my fastball command got a lot better too. That really helped me being able to put it, put it on the inside and out, especially inside. The A-Sun hitters, they're all looking fastball away breaking stuff away so they're all leaning out over the plate if you can jam them in that's how i had a lot of success and i'll throw the two i'll throw a two seam fastball too and i like to leave it arm side which will run into the righties get a little jam fist job or just late swings but my change up really came along i didn't really have a change up at all it, i mean i'll throw it here and there but i mean i started it was a swing it started to be a swing and miss pitch for me in those games so that really helped me especially for left-handed hitters so, actually, let me ask you that. Um, you know, as you break down the pitches, which, I, man, I love the in-depth uh, breakdown of your pitches and, ha and how you approach the hitters. You know, a lot of guys are having to develop a changeup. Um, you know, is it something that's just not taught as much, you know, coming up anymore? It's just – I mean, it's, it's such a field pitch. It's so hard. It's a, 
you want to throw it as hard as you can, but you also you want it. To, it's just I, I really I can't even explain it. It's well, just I brought, you know, I brought scores. up Landon Sims, and they had an amazing stat on him last year as a closer. All those innings he pitched, you know, I don't know if you saw it. He only threw three changeups the entire time, and so yeah, I mean, that was something he had to work on coming into the season was just to throw a changeup. And he was not the first guy I heard that about. And it was interesting. You know, because for a guy like me who didn't pitch, you know, I don't understand any of that. And I don't know if, you know, changeup is something they teach or along the way or, or how it comes into play. Right. So the, the way I got that to be a, a pitch for me, like at least just a, a third pitch, whatever, um, was I would just in my bullpens, I would I would throw it all the time. I would I would practice as much live like type scenarios in my head, throw a dummy hitter in the box. I was playing catch with it. I mean, I was even like crow hopping some and throwing long toss with it just to get a feel for it coming out of my hand to have that that breaking sinking action but I mean my my, my coaches my pitching coaches they're really good at helping me with my change up you know just tweaking the grip here and there a little bit I mean it's just little stuff like that is how but yeah. it is it is a tough pitch to throw especially for some right-handed pitchers yeah, no doubt. But I mean, you you saying you have that slider in the arsenal and being able to locate the fastball, um, you know, it tells me that, you know, Christian talked about, you know, y'all have y'all's masters in the back pocket, but obviously you're going to pursue baseball as a pitcher, having the full arsenal of pitches like you clearly have um, and the good breaking stuff, because, you know, everybody wants to talk about how hard somebody can throw and talk about the velo. But that that isn't what's going to get you to to the next level. You got to have the you got to have the other stuff. You got to have the off speed and then on the fastball, like you said, you sit there and talk about your location. You got to be able to paint that inside corner. And so uh, with that, you know, um, you know, I assume that you're going to continue to pursue baseball um, to the next level. For sure, yeah, that's the plan right now, yes, sir. I mean, I don't know if if uh, draft is anything for me. Um, I think it, it it could be there's a possibility, but I think uh, free free agent for sure is in my in my. Well, in my cards. we actually uh you know, a, a dra obviously getting drafted uh, is something you want and you get excited. But you know we've had multiple guys who came on here. We even had one who announced because he signed the day of with the Los Angeles Angels, uh, Houston Harding. Um, you never know when you know they're gonna come calling, and so man, um. Like, if you don't get drafted, man, continue to put in the work, stay ready, both of you, because um, there's, there's going to be opportunity and, you know, you find a league to jump in. Um, because based upon the statistics I've seen, you know, and everything that I've heard from from the guys who told us that, you know, we needed to have you on here, um, y'all got talent galore. So I, I think there's a there's still a bright future ahead and this ain't the end for you guys. But with that, we're going to – we're going to put all the serious stuff aside and we're going to play a game called this or that. Y'all down to play? I'm down. Let's do it. All right. So there's only two rules in this game. I'm going to give you two options to choose from. You can't say neither and you can't say both. Those are the only rules. That way we don't get mixed up. Christian, you're going to answer every question first. And then Michael, you're going to come behind them. Y'all got it? Got Let's it. Go. All right. What would you prefer to have? Uh, would you rather be at a luxury luxury swimming pool or at the beach? Come on, dude. dude that's so hard already, bro. Like, Man, this know. is actually there's a reason why we re research these questions. That's a tough question. These are these are tough already. Like, bro, like growing up in Miami, like you know how many luxury swimming pools I've been around. Look, this hey, sometimes this question opens up fun stuff. You know, we we talk about the guys from Kennesaw State Hatcher. 
says says swimming pool so fast and then says that he doesn't like the beach because he doesn't like water that he can't see his feet in so he doesn't go into go into the ocean that's a valid that's a valid thing though that's that's pretty, <laughs> i couldn't it is valid, but you gotta no. go for views too views too well mr mr uh, miami South no, I'm, beach. Gonna go, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go a beach i'm gonna go a beach i, I grew up at the beach so michael beach yeah, it sounded like that was easy for you. All right, would you rather be smart or would you rather be funny? I know what Michael's about to say. Funny. <laughs> Hilarious. No question. There's there's no fun in being smart. Like I don't know. Michael might disagree. Never. Mr. UCL, what is your answer today, uh, sir? I'm definitely I'm definitely more of a funny guy than smart. I mean oh. uh, we, we, we I'm really not that smart. Up. I just I mean I got I guess right. I, I guess. told you he had girls doing his work. It's all clear now. <laughs> 100%. Yeah, we got jokes on each other like every 20 minutes. So, yeah, that's easy. All right. All right. So, would y'all rather do a group hangout or do y'all like to do like one on one hangouts? Are you more like, you know, like a small scene or a big scene? I mean, that's a good, that's a good question. That is a good question because we both got girls and they're both sisters, ironically. But, um, Man, y'all waited way too long into yeah, that. I feel like we should have said that at the beginning. I feel like yeah. that should have just been the introduction. Like that's yeah, just... we're we're both dating twins. Um, ew. I don't know. Like I'm I'm definitely more of a group guy. Like like yeah, like with like you know we got our girls or whatever. That's like a lot of one on one time already. But right. I love I love being in a group setting. Like, you yeah. want big big group or small group? I don't care. Whichever. What was the question? What was the question? So, would you rather hang out in a large group of people, or would you rather be in more like a one-on-one type setting? What do, What do we got with large? Like, what What are we talking about? Like 10, 15? I would say like 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 the crew. You know, just like your your boy. Oh no, yeah, crew crew all day. Oh crew, yeah, I'm crew. Crew. But Michael, and this is for Christian as well. Are these not to get too personal in your business? But is this identical twins, or you know, is yeah, there? Identical. Yeah, they're identical. Oh. They're now, identical. When, when you guys are all together, though, like, is there confusion sometimes? No, no, never. Uh, never. never. How do you how do you guys separate that difference? Oh, because I've I've been in that situation as well, and I've gotten confused many times on who I was talking to. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess we're just around them all the time. I mean, I mean most like, people. Yeah, like I was dating my girl first, and then like he started dating uh, my girl's sister like later on. So like, so you know what that means, right? That means Michael thought your girl was hot. <laughs> let's call it. Let's call it what it no. is. I know that. Hey, like, hey Christian, uh, Christian, uh, Christian. That's not your boy, dog. That's not your. Boy. <laughs> All right, yeah. we gotta move on. He's my brother, I'll gets, tell you that. <laughs> we gotta move on before it gets out of hand. No. Mm. All right, here's one for you. This is always an interesting one. Would you rather be a hero or a villain? Mm. That's tough. Okay, let's. Uh, how about you give me a hero and a villain to choose from? That's not the that, game. That's not the game. Uh-huh. But you know what? I'll do it. I'll just. You know, he's not as smart as you. We gonna figure this out. All right, all right. <laughs> Batman or Joker? Ooh, Batman. Oh no! Yeah, uh, I am a villain one hundred percent of the day. Joker. Me too. All day, every day. Mike, I know you, Joker. Day. No, I'm a huge. I'm, I'm a huge Batman fan. So. I mean, yeah. if I like the Batman type of hero, I don't like like the the Superman type of hero. If that makes no, sense, I could get that. Yeah, yeah. I just I mean, don't like the whispering or something. Well, that's because because Superman, you know, we made enough jokes about nerds. Superman does he's he's nerdy. Let's call it what it is. Like he's got all the powers, but he's not you know he's not dark and mysterious like Batman. Nah. But I'm I'm feeling all day. Give me all of them. 
you know, Mike, because I work out, I'm with, I'm, I'm down with Bane. You know what I'm saying? I, that's, that's, Ooh, yeah. that's, that's, that's the role I want. Um, all right. So, would you rather go if you can go to any concert or any sporting event? Which would you pick, a concert or a sporting event? A sporting event, a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm going sporting event as well. Like World, World Series, I'm choosing World that over NBA, any concert. Final, Super Bowls, FIFA yeah. World Cup. I- no question. Believe it or not, guys, y'all are the first two to actually not pick concert. Uh, that hey, I love it. We mixed it up. We found we found somebody who wants to go sporting man. That would be me too. But uh, you know, a lot of athletes say you know they on the field all the time. But you just said exactly what I think. Like, man, you could be at the NBA Finals courtside. Like, what, what are we talking about? Like, yeah. we're not talking about our own games. We're you talking give me about five rows behind home plate World Series. Like, right. what? We got we Eight, got seven in innings and quarters, so we're good. Yeah, no doubt. So, all right. So, would you rather have massive success that was by accident, or would you rather have modest or decent success that was on purpose and earned? We're talking like you know, scratch a lottery ticket. You know what I mean? Make you know, or or you know, having two fifty plus on Tennessee at the beginning of the season and cashing out towards the end. (laughs) Nice. I'm I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go on that first option there. I mean. If we're talking about like a lottery ticket example, like I'm 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 full for that. <laughs> Michael. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go earn. I'm gonna go the other one. I wanna earn it. Cause I'm still I'm still somewhat successful, but I earned it. You know, I can hang Michael, my hat on Michael's that. just that guy, man. He's just that yeah. type of guy. I love it. I love I wanna it. earn a lottery ticket with like I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love to win the lottery, bro. Like, you earned the ticket, though, by paying. I like that they're not answering the same. I, I hate when it's, you know, the other one follows the first one, and we just get the same same answer. So, I, I love them mixing up. But we're going fi- to find out with these next two, Mike. These, these are our staple questions. These are the most fun questions that we, that we ask every guest. Fellas, would you rather do 10 years in a coma or five years in prison? Christian, you're my guy, man. I need you on this one. I've been arguing all year about this. All right, so let me break it down. In a coma, you fall asleep and you wake up. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. But it's 10 years. Uh, I'm going yeah, five but years those 10 years can feel like 10 seconds. I'm going to get huge, bro. I'm going to do 800 push-ups a day. Dude. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm a guy. I'm a I'm guy. That, huge. I like my sleep. I'm cool with it. Like, right. you, you, you can eat the ramen with the mayo and the ketchup. You stir it up every day and do little push-ups and pull-ups. I'm, I'm going to take a nice little right. snooze real quick. Right. And, Michael, Michael, here's here's where I'm coming from. I, I hear you're going to come out looking like Jim, and it's going to be an amazing thing. If you, if you do the coma, <laughs> you'll probably wake up looking like me, and you don't want that. But, listen, if you wake up from the coma, like Christian said, you just go back about your life. If you go to prison for 10 years, you have to have that Five prison years. mentality for or five years, you have that yeah. prison mentality the yeah. rest of your life, and you don't you know what you saw in prison. All that stuff, man. Nah, I'm good, I'll, bro. I'll even wake up real quick. Here's yeah. what. Here's the way I think about it. It's the it's the age thing, and it's my family thing. I, I go in depth with it because I'll be old. My kids will be grown up. Right. So for for y'all, I mean, think about it, man. You be in you be in your mid thirties when you wake up. Yeah. See, look at us. Look at us. We'll go to sleep, pimps, and we'll wake up, pimps, and it'll be perfectly fine. Ain't nothing like a G thing, you know. Until, yeah. until our swag, our swag is no longer swag anymore. Oh, that stash, that stash. Yeah, we got ink on it. We got ink already, so we're good. Like we're there you go. We got ink. We're good. All right. Well, y'all, th- y'all thought that was a harder question. Here's the one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find out everything about you right here. 
Would you rather be the first pick in the MLB draft? But the but the caveat is you have to cut loose all your friends or be the last pick and you can keep them all. Now, let, let me preface this by saying that the difference between the first pick and the last pick last year was about $9 million. So, Christian, I ask you, first pick, cut your friends loose, last pick, keep them. This is just easy for me because, like, I Michael will probably pick it too. But last pick, keep my boys around. You know, like it's not about the money. The game is not about the money. The game is about playing the game. It's a kid's game. That simple. Michael, is he answered for you? You going with that? Y'all both just answered this question wrong. I cut Mike loose. I cut (laughs) Daniel and Randy the other host loose. Look, I was just messing with you about Joe Burrow. Man, I'd rather be living the life of Joe Burrow. I'll buy me some friends. What are we talking about here? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't even be mad at you, dog. I, I, guess, I guess some good boys, yeah, keep them around. I hear you. Well, you just doing that because you know they'll listen. If we was all fair, y'all would tell the truth, man. <laughs> yeah, you're, probably, you're probably right. You're probably right. Yeah, but uh, – but- My life or just consider family. So, I just – I can't do that. Well, before we let you guys go, and we appreciate you coming on, uh, we'll we'll start with you, Christian. You know, man, uh, where where can people follow you at on uh, on Instagram so they can keep up with you? Especially, you know, hopefully you uh, you continue your baseball journey. How can they follow you? Uh, my Instagram handle is at Christian Quipel. It's just my name. I don't have any like hashtags or like any like I don't have numbers or any of that. It's just my name. And Michael, uh, it's at Michael D Hicks one five. And yeah, and if uh, you want to continue to follow Ju Baseball, because I'm I'm sure that you know they're going to be uh, family for life with these two guys. Um, you know, check them out on Instagram. I was I was checking them out. That's a, that's a great college, like they talked about. But once again, guys, we thank you for uh, coming on, telling your story, having some fun, teaching Mike what a UCL is. You know, mm-hmm. talking. Talk hey, it. Mike, you will always remember me for any Dude, Tommy John or UCL. That's the guy. That's the guy that changed my life forever. <laughs> I got the same name, so you guys are rolling. Yeah, yeah. But once again, it's been a pleasure. You fellas have a good night. Yes, sir. Thanks for having us. It was fun. Thank you so much for having us, man. This was awesome. Um, I just hope to keep in touch with you guys and, you know, just keep the ball rolling. Absolutely. Another amazing episode. We'd like to thank our guests, Christian and Michael. If you like hearing their story or you just like hearing Average Joe's talking X's and O's, please like and share the podcast on Facebook. Retweet us on Twitter. Listen and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or Anchor. As always, comments and ratings and feedback is welcome. We will see everybody back Monday night. But in the meantime, remember, strong bodies, sharp minds, green grind all the time. We're out.